0: I'm Eureka John, you're at Eureka Street Crypto, broadcasting live at 3, not 3.36, what time is it? 5.31 in the morning. Yeah, yesterday the power went out, and uh, just for a short time, so it was just enough to reset my clock (laughs) by a couple hours. Um, so I still have not changed the time so I'll probably be doing that whole thing where you know you live with a clock that is out of whack for a long time just because you don't think about it and you're kind of lazy and you don't readjust the clock like you probably should and get it in sync with everything else in your life. So you end up just going through the mental gymnastics of just sitting there and just being like okay that says uh, 337 that means it's actually and you do the math and you're like 532. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'll reset the clock, but I'll do it after this show. But I'll probably forget, and then I'll probably see it later. Next time I do a show, next time I talk about the time, then say I'll be I'll reset it, and then I'll probably forget. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you know, you know how the cycle goes, and usually a lot of times it happens in, in car um, clocks and stuff like that. But now your cars sync you up to the satellite. You know, I drive a Subaru, and you know it has the Subaru Starlink, and it. It's like telling me when I need to change my oil. God I know I know when to change my oil. Um, so anyway, whatever. Um, I get an email, you know, telling me that yeah you know, my uh, <laughs> telling me that uh, it's cold. Let uh, me. What does it tell me? It tells me my air pressure is low. My tire air pressure is low, and and that's how connected my car is to the internet, even though I never voluntarily decided to connect that to the internet. So. Um, we're moving into a strange age, ladies and gentlemen, where everything is uh, connected to the internet, the internet of things, the IoT, if you're not familiar with that. And blockchain is right there along with it uh, to usher in the social credit system and to optimize our movements. And you can see this in protocols like Fetch AI already uh, being able to. Um, uh, optimize our behavior and reward us for following certain paths of optimization by sensors that follow our movement and guide our path throughout life. And if we deviate from that path, then we might receive, well, first we'll just not receive the extra crypto that would be associated with such, uh, optimization. Uh, But I can see in the future that uh, we could potentially be penalized for not following such optimal behavior. If it tells us to go park in parking garage A because it has the occupancy, but we really need to go park in parking lot B, then we'll be going against the optimization program um, and uh, being told to us to go. So will we be penalized for parking in parking garage B? I don't know you decide. Um, anyway, this is my show. I started off with a tangent and I, I tend to do that. Sorry. So welcome. This is my podcast. This is my morning brain dump, aka video blog, Eureka Street podcast. And uh, um, don't take anything I say seriously. Uh, this is just entertainment. This is not your crypto tutorial or educational service. I don't teach crypto here. I just talk smack. And um um and i just ramble and uh and i don't offer technical analysis you know the graph people that sit there and do cups and handles and you know descending and and, and ascending wedges and stuff like that i don't do that either um and i don't do really that much fundamental analysis although i'll talk a lot of times what projects do and what things do and concepts do um you know so like for instance. Episodes back, we talked about uh ZK Snarks versus ZK Starks and what the difference is in a zero knowledge proof technology. So, I had to go back a little bit and peel it back and describe uh the, the technologies that are underneath that that help that to happen and stuff. So, yeah, you can you can possibly learn some stuff here. Um, anyway, <clears throat> let's go over to CoinGecko and get this episode started after my rambling ramble um for four minutes, <laughs> okay uh let's see bitcoin's doing good the crypto market seems to be doing better Uh, i saw it up at forty-four thousand when i woke up this morning because that's the first thing i do when i wake up is just shine that bright screen to where it bothers my wife next to me and uh look at the crypto market although i try to look at things in dark mode um especially laying in bed at night uh just because i is it better for your eyes i don't know it all creates blue light either way and uh yeah. Um so, uh Bitcoin's up 14%, you know? Like everybody's sitting there sending me texts, you know, normal people um sending me texts, you know, saying, "Hey, what you think about what's going on in crypto, man? You know, there's a backlash coming, you uh, know, right now, you better watch out." People the normies love to be um right in air quotes about uh um how dangerous crypto is, you know? <laughs> because because they they read only uh, what they see in the most mainstreamy of mainstreamy headlines. And uh, of course there's FUD, you know, and I wonder how many institutions have bought in during all this dip. Um, so I don't know. So I just, you know, generally just try to be like, yeah, you know, whatever, man. I'm in it for the long haul, you know, so <laughs> that's just kind of what I do. I don't really get into like super hardcore nitty gritty conversations about this stuff unless I see somebody is like willing and able uh, to contribute meaningfully to the conversation, um, to in, in in normal life, you know, it's just it's just not worth it. Um, like I don't want to be that guy, that, you know, the the CrossFit, the vegan, the you know, the person that's just like shoving it down somebody's throat. The first five minutes you're talking to them, you know, no man, I'm sorry, and sorry to CrossFit and vegan people, but you guys do that, you know, just just to acknowledge it. <laughs> so okay, all right. So uh, anyway, um, Ethereum at three thousand one hundred and fifteen dollars and ninety five cents, uh, up fifteen point nine um, percent. Tether is a stable coin, so it's a dollar. Um, Binance is four hundred twenty six dollars and sixty three cents, up thirteen uh, point three percent. USDC is a dollar stable coin. Um, I, I don't forget don't forget to take some profits, folks. Um, if you uh have felt a little uneasy about the recent dip or crash or whatever and uh yeah, and you just want to kind of if that happens again, you're you're gonna feel uneasy again. And that's not a good feeling. Just go ahead and take some of these profits if you if you can. Um I did, you know, it's not financial advice, of course, but um, you know, I just i mean I, I took some some profits of some stuff i'd held for a long time actually and i i'm i'm cashing out some so i can go to dow and eth denver um and and next week and then i'm also just put some in, into bitcoin so yeah and uh yeah to catch up on some other bills i have as well so xrp is at 85 cents up 38.2 percent who are these people i don't know um cardano Dollar uh, nineteen up twelve point nine percent. Solana up fourteen point four percent to one hundred and fourteen twenty nine. Despite the wormhole hack that happened, the wormhole bridge hack um, on Solana network, bridging from Ethereum to Solana, um, a hacker stole three hundred and I think it's like three hundred and twenty million dollars worth of funds or something like that. It was a lot. Um, um, but I talk about that in the episode before this, um, before the interview, and uh, I did a double header on Saturday where I talked, um, you know, where I did an episode in the morning and then I did an interview later that afternoon. Uh, Polka dot twenty one dollars and seventy six cents up eleven point eight percent. Terra fifty six eighty up nine percent. Avalanche up twenty three point eight percent. And like I've always said, if you want to play with some volatility avalanche is your token um yeah, I see the avalanche go down to 60 up to 122 you know just like in the matter of a week and it does it all the time so if you like if you are that person that likes to buy dips and you know likes to to trade you know and do you know to, to play your hand at it and you know, well avalanche might be the token for you um so I don't know I mean I hold some avalanche and I bought some avalanche when it hit down around the 60s um so yeah, now here it is at eighty six seventy two, and uh, yeah, man. So I did the deal. I don't normally like trade trade, but uh, you know sometimes I just can't resist it. Polygon uh, up eighteen point six percent. I don't. I'm just gonna skip over the dog coins. I mean, I guess Shiba Inu is up fifty five point two, but I don't play with those meme coins like that. Uh, let's see where else we got. Chainlink up five point six percent at eighteen dollars and twenty five cents. And oh. Decentraland, let's see how the, the 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 metaverse tokens are doing. So Decentraland's up 14.3%, Sandbox is up 9.8%, Axie Infinity is up 23.5%. So I mean, I mean you, you got to really suck to be down right now it seems. Um, let me just Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Um, is there anything else that really stands out before I move on? I just want to make sure and see um dang gala the the game token the metaverse game token up 71 percent wow okay and i hold some gala i totally aped in on some gala you know it's like i just listened to some podcast about it and i read an article and i was like and i just jumped in and bought some gala token and i'm glad i did now (laughs) all right uh Harmony 14.6% um okay Quant Network up 52.5% that is the one that I took some profits on um I've held held Quant Network for quite a long time now um so I figured now you know it, it might be time to cash out on some Theta Network up 13.6% okay cool anyway so yeah I'm going to uh um Dow Denver and ETH Denver next week um I'll be hanging out first uh on uh Tuesday and Wednesday with the, um, Taoists crowd, although we're not, um, I'm a member of that Dao, and I do podcast stuff for that Dao as well. Like audio visual stuff. I don't really pay that much attention to much other parts of it, honestly, but, uh, you know, there's a good group of people in there, not a bad bone in there, but, um, uh, a lot of people have confused Taoists plural with Taoist, um, and Taoist has done some, um, <clears throat> some events, over in Europe and stuff like that. I honestly don't know much about them. I didn't know about them until after I joined Daoists. And I don't know which one came first, Daoist or Daoists. Um, they both kind of hatched on their own in different parts of the world, I believe, and uh, became aware of each other. Um, but there were a lot of people that didn't appreciate um, that Daoists uh, was doing an event in uh, in Denver. Um Although the ETH Denver people are just fine with it. Um, so I don't know where a lot of this uh, antagonism come from. But Daoists will be rebranding. Um, and here is Daoists.xyz. This is the website. And it's basically just a resource to help, um, I believe it was 12, 12 million businesses um, transform into Daos. And that's, that's kind of the mission statement, I believe. Um, and, uh, and I'm probably saying it wrong. But uh, I mean, it's a good community of people in there who all who want to know about DAOs, want to know about um, how to who turn their business into DAOs, how to create their own DAOs. It's a great resource base, and uh, yeah, and I've learned a lot by bouncing ideas and listening to everybody in there. I feel like an amateur amongst pros um, in in the Daoists.xyz Discord community. And I attend those meetings weekly, and I just listen to listen in mostly. Um, and then I, I, I've done some podcasts, and I've contributed in ways that I know how. And so, yeah, they, they lead you to all these different tools that you can use if you want to build your own DAO and stuff like that. So I think I might build my own DAO and just play with it. Um, but there's going to be um, a, a rebranding happening. Um, right now, Everybody's been building on building this conference Dow Denver. There should be some good speakers there. Uh please um, feel free to pop by. Uh, it's at Temple Bar. Um and it's a, it's like a big, you know, nightclub venue in downtown Denver. Um it kind of looks like a you know like a I don't know, Cancun, Miami Beach, Chrome shirt type of club. I mean, this <laughs> is like it's pretty uh, you know, like I don't know, man. It's not a place that I would really hang out in, but, um, you know, it's, it's apparently a good place for venues. A lot of, uh, um, uh, music, musical acts that go through Denver, go to temple bar. Um, and as you can see here, look, it's like, you know, packed house DJ, you know, the whole, you know, everybody's standing around watching somebody play songs on a, on a turntable. Um, so yeah, not really a place that I would normally go hang out at, but, uh, um, for like a Ted talk style, um, conference and stuff that's going to happen and listen to some, some really great speakers talk about DAOs. Um, Hey man, why not? Like, um, yeah, it seems cool. So I'll be doing that on Tuesday and Wednesday. I'll be helping out with a lot of the, uh, um, you know, the setup and speaker arrangement and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, there, there's some good speakers that are going to be there, and um, you know, I think everybody is is pretty aware of um, of you know the difference between you know Taoist and Taoist. But regardless, there's going to be a name change um, for the Taoists, so there's absolutely no confusion. Um, they're trying to they're they're going to be tokenizing, and um, uh, the the community is. To pay for some of this stuff because nobody in there is like super rich, nobody really, um, <laughs> like they're building this Dow from the ground up, you know, there's no VCs coming in there, and no, you know, like, yeah. This is a grassroots type of DAO, so they're 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 tokenizing the community, um, and they're hoping to draw in sponsors through that tokenization to help pay for this event. So we don't. So so they're trying not to have to ticket people, you know, to 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 get people to pay for tickets, even though a lot of people are happily paying for tickets. So uh, you can get your tickets there, um, but uh, there's a tokenization process happening, and they're using the juice box. Um, project to do that. And uh, Juicebox is kind of like a, a a decentralized Kickstarter, I guess is what you could say. Um, you know, I know I've covered giveth.io and giveth.io is mainly for like nonprofits and stuff like that. And for uh humanitarian type of projects, um uh, juicebox.money is more just like Kickstarter, you know, for for anybody to do anything not specifically geared towards humanitarian efforts and things like that um but it's cool there's a juice box dow and um right here community funding for people and projects build a community around a project fund it and program its spending light enough for a group of friends powerful enough for a global network of anons powered by public smart contracts on ethereum uh built for indie artists devs and creators ethereum protocols and DAOs, public goods and services and open source businesses um yeah, so, uh, yeah, they one of the top projects on Juicebox is Assange DAO, and it's a DAO. It's a collective. I, hold on, let me, let me just take a look at this. It's it's a DAO formed to, I guess, try to free Julian Assange. So it's a collective of cypherpunks fighting for the liberation of Julian Assange. The DAO aims to raise Ethereum in order, in in return for the Justice Governance Token to bid on a one-to-one NFT produced by digital artist Pack in collaboration with Julian Assange. Proceeds raised, raised from the NFT sale will benefit Julian Assange's defense fund for legal fees and campaign to raise awareness about Julian's extradition case. The Assange family have worked closely with the DAO and endorses its efforts to unite cyber cyber cypherpunks all over the world. Not cyberpunks. This is not a 90s movie. Cypherpunks. All right. So um, anyway, so yeah, this is basically what... Um, Juicebox is, it's an Ethereum-based decentralized, well, as decentralized as it can get uh, protocol to fund uh, people and projects and communities and stuff like that. So, Daoists, um, who is running Dow Denver, um, is using Juicebox to tokenize the community in order to be able to um, raise money to, to get sponsorship. So they don't have to ask people for tickets because apparently that goes against the ethos of ETH Denver and, and who has never charged for tickets. Um, although ETH Denver has their Buffacorn NFT, that greatly increases your chances of being admitted to the conference if you hold the Buffacorn NFT. So, yeah, it's kind of like a ticket maybe, but not really. Um, so some people have you know, offered up some criticism saying you're basically charging tickets because you're sitting there encouraging the sale of this NFT, but either way, whatever, you know, like there's no tickets on Ethereum Denver. That's not the ethos of it. They tried to make it democratized towards everybody. Um, and, uh, I guess that's where some of the, um, the tension came from, as they said, no, you're not following the, the Denver ethos by charging for tickets. So the Taoists are trying to rearrange that. Um, so, you know, and to, to conform a little more to um, what ETH Denver is supposed to be about because uh, the the people in Dallas honestly did not know that about ETH Denver going into it and starting this project. So there's been a lot of uh, some miscommunication and misunderstanding here, but I don't think that anybody has any malintent here uh, on either side. Um, So, um, hey, what's up, Hamza Siraj, how you doing? Uh, Is OM still worth it? (laughs) Uh, That's his question um i don't know man um you know ohm yeah i mean i think the technology is great Ohm is DeFi 2.0 it's the whole idea of protocol owned liquidity um it's you know i think that's here to stay um will Ohm continue with it i don't know um i think it, i think it will honestly uh but that's just my opinion man and i don't really have any type of foundation or base for that um so yeah, but uh I just a hunch tells me that Ohm's going to stick around. A lot of the Ohm forks, <laughs> yeah, those would probably, you know, fall to the wayside, but that's just what happens. Um anyway, so back to Daoist and Juicebox. So Juicebox here, let's go to the FAQ. I generally go to the FAQ on websites before I really dig in just so I can get some of the the that you know, so I can learn what just some of the most basic questions about it are and a good FAQ addresses The total new basic questions. Um, So who funds Juicebox projects? Users fund your projects by paying to use your app or service as a patron or investor by making a payment directly to your project smart contract. Um, So for users paying through your app, you should route those funds through the Juicebox smart contract so they receive tokens in return. So you get a token for donating to a project on Juicebox. So that's what you get in return. And so now you're a token holder. And then as that project grows, then you become a a, um, a token holder in that project, and if then you could potentially hold a a, uh, a worthwhile valuable token. So why would I why should I want to own a project tokens? Tokens can be redeemed for a portion of the project's overflow, letting you benefit from its success. After all, you helped get it there. Okay, um, and then they have things like bonding curves, although that's a more advanced tool in Juicebox. Um, most projects don't use the bonding curves right off the, the right off the bat. I uh, sat in a seminar and I watched the interface. Um, you can build a DAO, you can tokenize and you can do a lot of stuff in Juicebox. Um, So it's, it's a really cool app and it's, there's no coding involved. It's all, you know, um, what you see is what you get, WYSIWYG. Um, so what is overflow? Okay. If you know... Uh, how much your project needs to earn over some period of the sustainable to be sustainable. So you set goals, you know, amount goals. You can set a funding target with that amount. If your project earns more than that, the surplus funds are locked in an overflow pool. Anyone holding holding your project's tokens can claim a portion of the overflow pool in exchange for burning their tokens. So those donators can donate to your project and um, say, for instance, you're you're doing Eat Denver, right? And you are looking for, I don't know, just arbitrarily, hypothetically out there, I'm just, I'll am just i just say $30,000, right? Okay, so you're looking to to, to build up $30,000 to pay for the, the costs of, of ETH Denver. Um, so everybody who wants to will contribute to that. And um, they will receive the, I guess, whatever the name of the token must be XYZ token. We'll just call it that. They will receive XYZ token in an exchange. And um, if that thirty thousand dollars is hit and those costs are are funded, then anything on top of that will go into overflow. And um, the, so that anybody that is hold holds those X Y Z tokens will be able to cash out their tokens. Their tokens will be burned, um, and uh, they can receive a portion of that overflow pool. So yeah, man. Um, it's, I think it's pretty cool. Um, there is, right now, it's only on Ethereum. It doesn't seem to be on Layer 2s. It says, uh, will it work on L2s? That's the plan, but the core Juicebox contracts will be first deployed to Ethereum mainnet. The founding contributors will then be working on Layer 2 payment terminals for Juicebox projects. That'd be cool to have it on Polygon or XDAI or something like that, Arbitrum. Um, so, yeah. Um, so that's just kind of this the basic skinny of, um, of Juicebox DAO. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much more. I do have an interesting article um, or blog post by Andre Kronhe. Um, I really like a lot of stuff that Andre Cronhay does, and I, I guess I'll end this show with a, a quick little reading of this. Um, not sm- so not so smart contracts, and I believe this has been um, Andre Cronhay's reflection on. Um, cause he was just, he he's, he's just about to get into partnership, uh, on the phantom blockchain with, um, Dan, Danny Sesta. And if you look back a few episodes back, Danny Sesta is like, um, he's the guy that created abracadabra.money, wonderland.finance and, uh, popsicle finance and stuff like that. And it's these OM forks, you know, and what I was just talking about, what Hamza Siraj says, you know, is it still worth it for OM? Um, well, I think OM is still worth it. Over time, I think it's gonna be to rebound, but that's just, you know, hypothetical. Don't trust me on anything like that, seriously. But um, uh, the, a lot of the OM forks are gonna go by the wayside. I don't know about magic internet money and abracadabra money um, and the uh, the spell token, um, I don't really have honestly a whole lot of faith in Wonderland.finance. Apparently, those two wonderland.finance is going to fuse with abracadabra.money and um you know, and join abracadabra.money instead of being wonderland finance after everything has fallen apart in Wonderland Finance. So but um, Andre Cronhey was just about to go into partnership with Danny Sesta to create an automated market maker um dex on Phantom, and uh, then all this stuff happens. So that was announced on the 21st of January. All this stuff happens, and here's a week later after all the, all that stuff happened with um, Danny Sesta uh, it being revealed that he was in partnership with Zero X Sifu, who was a known felon criminal and all that stuff, and Zero X Sifu got expelled from the Wonderland community. Um, you know... <laughs> There, there's a lot of that stuff happening now in web three about people, uh, you know, canceling people for legitimate and not so legitimate reasons. Um, and, uh, but I just, I thought web three was supposed to be automated. That's, that's my point on it. So wonderland voted out zero X Sifu and, um, and, you know, Brantley Milligan with the whole ENS stuff six years ago said in a tweet, some things, um, Uh, reaffirming some religious beliefs of his um, that said some negative things about uh, gay people and stuff like that. And so they're getting backlash um, and uh, they have, they're both being, uh, I guess Brantley Milligan didn't get voted out of his community, but he got fired from his job TNS, I believe is the name of it that was behind ENS or TNL. Yeah. That was behind ENS. Um, So either way, Web3 to me is supposed to be decentralized. Um, So I think Andre Cronhey, he's not reflecting on Brantley Milligan here, but he's reflecting, I think, on uh, the whole 0x seafood debacle being voted out of Wonderland and then, you know, and his involvement, potential involvement uh, with Danny Sesta. And I'm not exactly sure about that, but this blog post comes out right around that time. So I guess I'll read this, and I always like his reflections. He's an interesting character uh, with a lot of interesting ideas. Um, a lot of times doesn't take the popular opinion, and I admire that. So um, here we go. Not-So-Smart Contracts by Andre Cronje. And if you don't know who Andre Cronje is, he's basically a coding genius that's created a lot of platforms, including the Yearn Protocol, and basically uh, started what uh, DeFi, Decentralized Finance, back in 2020. Uh, with Yearn year Finance. Okay, so he says, it's been a weird 24 hours. I'm beyond conflicted. I haven't digested all data available yet to me, to me yet. And as such, I don't have any elegant conclusion to the events that transpired. It did make me think about smart contracts and the role they play in our ecosystem. There's a weird duality to smart contracts. They are these immutable, unchangeable things that just relentlessly do their job. Their job, however, might not seem so clear at start. Their job is to remove the human condition, to remove the human failure point. This is not only a trust assumption, but also a contingency. If I die today, all my code I wrote in DeFi will keep working exactly as designed. It does not need me. To some, this is a flaw. To me, this is a feature. Immutability is the feature. I've been an advocate in the past against proxy patterns. They add reliance on their human overlords. They can't simply quietly do their assigned task because they know there's an ever watchful entity ready to replace them at any given moment. But this fear just doesn't belong to the smart contract, but it should also belong to the users. These patterns introduce risk. But we have mitigation tools. We have time locks to ensure participants enough time to respond. We add multi-sigs to ensure a given failure point isn't a single human, but ultimately, These are workarounds to allow humans some manner of control over their relentless smart contracts' amalgams. How far we have strayed. I wrote it once before, I'll repeat it here. In crypto, you vote with your money. If you keep voting for low-energy scams, get-rich-quick schemes, or low-effort forks, you will only get more of those. Building is incredibly hard. It takes much longer than anyone thinks. Building platforms that require zero human interference, even more so. Yet, we as a culture have arrived at a point where humans are managing those protocols directly. <laughs> yep, uh, they are sending funds from uh, sending around funds from EOA's. I'm not sure what EOA stands for. Um, I myself have been at fault of this. I have strayed from the vision. I often speak about protocol to protocol or robot to robot. I used to believe what we are building wasn't for humans, it was for machines. A new machine currency, a way for our future machine overlords to transact, a mechanism that can exist for long after we are extinct. I still believe this, but I have strayed. I longed for acceptance. I started looking towards community. I started looking for camaraderie. I wanted to belong. It's easy to feel alone, it's easy to feel isolated. The amount of people I can have deep technical conversations with about the nuances of smart contracts and their intersection. With digital finance, I can count on one hand, of which most have retired or become so unmotivated they don't care. I need to revisit my motivations, but in reading my own code, it seems while my motivations have strayed, my dedication to my cause have not. Uh, My code has no proxies, no human components, no admin functions, no DAO control, no multi-sig or time locks. It's pure, simple execution. Anyone that wishes to confirm this can review the code for... Or solidity, I guess, is what this misspelled, maybe? Um, uh, immutability, Immutability and the lack of human interaction is a feature. Okay. Immutability and the lack of human interaction is a feature, not a bug. We often talk about trust assumptions. Code has no trust assumptions. Only humans do. I will continue working towards our machine overlord future. Maybe they'll keep me as a pet. So I like that. Maybe they'll keep me as a pet, you know. And it, it I think this is a great article because it talks about what are you, what are you creating this for, you know? And given the, in the light of all this cancel culture coming into Web three, um, you know, people, people, um, jumping in and and using these points of centralization to get their way on things, you know, um, is a I don't. I don't really have a formed opinion on it yet, but uh, it's it's interesting to watch t- crypto Twitter right now um, because there's a big struggle between centralization and decentralization between what makes Web three. Um, you know, what what will, what will be allowed on Web three? Can we control what is uh, what is on Web three? You know. Um, Andre Kroenhe says, I often speak about protocol to protocol or robot to robot. I used to believe that what we are building wasn't for humans. It was for machines, a new machine currency, a way for our future machine overlords to transact a mechanism that can exist long after we are extinct. I still believe this, but I've strayed. So, yeah, I was talking at the very beginning of this episode about fetch AI, optimizing all our movements. Is what we are creating to be protocol to protocol truly? You know, how decentralized does a DAO have to be in the decentralized autonomous organization? You know, how autonomous is it? How decentralized is it? How autonomous is is the DAO really? You know, should it be distributed autonomous organization and still have some points of leadership and human involvement there? Or should it be truly automated and us just these cogs and these wheels and these protocols? Where is the human element? You know, people's feelings are getting hurt right now, and people are voting people out of protocols. You know, there, there is so it's, 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 um, it's, it's, yeah. I, I don't know where, where I stand on all this. I'm, you know, I'm for decentralization and autonomy and uh, protocol only, uh, interactions that, that 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 take the human element out of it. But at the same time, do we really want machine overlords? You know, do we want this machine? Currency to dictate our most optimal route or we'll be penalized for it. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> there's bad and good on both sides, I guess, but uh, it's just interesting, just a morning meditation. And I just wanted to read this article um, in light of a lot of you know stuff going on in, in web three right now. So, all right, well, um, I will talk to you guys at some other point tomorrow. I'll be recording an episode of the Metaverse Think Tank with the MGH DAO people And, um, yeah, um, that should be interesting. We're going to be talking about centralization of the metaverse. So, um, yeah, look out for that. I will talk to you guys probably Thursday if I don't stream tomorrow. So, all right. (laughs) All right, man. Well, yeah, have a good day. I got to get to work. I got my long commute. And I got to go work at the factory. I work at a factory. Yeah, yep, I do. Um, And I do this in my spare time. All right, well, I'll talk to you all later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to eurekajohn.crypto or eurekajohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again.